Parker to episode 56 of the Parkrun Adventurers. If my sources are reliable, Zuka is the Dutch word for welcome or possibly for house of old people. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to any Dutch who may or may not be listening to the podcast. I'm joined by my partner in crime as always, Scotty. Scotty, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mel. I would say Zupa Zaka. Maybe, maybe we should we should actually look up different languages to welcome people to the podcast every week and and get somebody to explain to us how to pronounce them. But episode fifty six, that's only like forty four away from a hundred. Yep, nice, that, right? That's good. Yep, we're getting closer. <laughs> we are getting closer. Do you think we're going to make a hundred this year? Things change. Oh. It's been a busy start to the year, which has already seen a lot of late releases and weeks off and quality control. So it would be great to get 100 this year, but we, it might just tip over into 2018. We'll have to see how we go. Well, I've, I've taken care of Errol. You've taken care of Errol? He's gone. Oh, well, I hope he's gone to be released into the wild. He's just going to find another job. <laughs> okay. I couldn't work with him. <laughs> he was too demanding. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I got into this business on the proviso that there would be no quality checks. And to introduce Errol so late in the piece, you know, it was either him or me. Okay. And I'm still here. Gotcha. Note to self, don't take Scotty on if you're a koala. Poor Errol. Yeah. But it's a week of new stuff without any news this week. All sorts of exciting things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a new job. Not sure if you knew about it. Uh, I did hear something along the grapevines that, yeah, you're working not where you used to be and you started this week. How did your first day go? First day was great. Quite, quite a change from to what I'm used to, but uh, I'm prepared to adjust. Okay. And looking forward to the future. Not looking awesome. back. Definitely not looking back. I also had a new event on the weekend. We launched Darabin on Saturday. Awesome. And how was that? It was very smooth. All Everything worked really well. Got a crack event team there who were on top of everything. It's a nice little out and back course. No problems. Okay. Great launch. Okay. I and and did did anybody ask if um there were any first timers there? Yes, I did. Oh yeah. you did? I did, yeah. I okay. like to speak at these things. I know the parkrun audience of Melbourne is entirely sick of me. But I hope you asked everyone where they were from. I did. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah, we had lots of adventurers, as you do at launches. You know, people come out from all around to try a new parkrun event. You did eventually because I was told. Oh, you got your spies there. I'm going to narrow down your spies because I'm, I'm, I'm working off a list. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that you didn't ask where anyone was from. Oh, maybe I did And didn't. that a few people said, but you're a parkrun adventurer. <laughs> 
And you're letting down the team, Scotty. No, I'm embarrassed. No. I was going to get to it. And maybe Tess, my ED, got to it before I did. Right. Okay. You're on notice, young man, just so you know. You, you represent the both of us when you're out at these launches. Keep that in mind. Okay. So I thought the launch went really well, but your spies tell me that otherwise. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the launch was great. Maybe you should stop talking at these people's launches. Okay. I'm out. I'm out of the TD game, <laughs> so there's a good chance that might happen. So new TDs making ways through as well, which is always awesome to see. Yep. The Parkrun family just continues to grow. This Parkrun thing is going to take off. Trust me. <laughs> it's going to be big. It's going to be big, and we need more people to make sure that the machine keeps going. What else is new? Have you got a new friend? Did you catch up with a? Uh, I did catch up with podcast legend over the weekend. Yes, I was very lucky to be able to catch up with Nicola Forward from the Parkrun Show, the original from the UK. She's out here having some adventures in Australia and has been to New Zealand as well with her daughter Poppy, and we had a lovely day catching up, comparing podcast notes. Oh, really? Uh, what her co-host used to do versus what my co-host currently does, all those sorts of things. Yeah, it was it was very enlightening. I learnt a lot of things and I think she may have learnt a few things as well. So we're going to have Nicola on the show when she gets back to the UK so she can give us a recap of her adventures and things like that. And we can have a good chat to her in the not too distant future, which will be awesome. Yeah, I look forward to that. I reckon our... UK listeners will be keen to hear what Nicola's been up to as well. Any other news? Since we don't, we're not going to have news this week. No, the news, the news is all about us and all about all the new things. So we've got a new job and we've got some new friends and we've got a new launch and I'm working on a new park runner. Yeah? Tell me because there's, there's a rumour, my spies have told me, that you look a little bit different lately. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. My spies have said they're not sure, but they think something's going like on. Like I've washed my hair this week. Underneath. No, it's not, not to do with your hair. <laughs> yes, I'm sporting a little bit of a podge in the baby area of oh. the belly. So it's not too much pineapple chocolate. It's actually yeah, babies. Well, singular baby, yes. So that's happening. Well, this is very exciting news. Thank you. <laughs> Weird. It's very weird talking about it on the podcast. So we can move on. Okay. But yay for Mel and Mel's baby. Is this going to affect our podcast? Am I going to have to find a new well, co-host? This is... Is, what's Nicola doing in a couple of months? <laughs> this is actually something I asked Nicola about. And she, because she fell pregnant with Poppy, her daughter, about three months after she started working on the podcast in the UK. And she said, Totally fine. As long as you don't go into contractions on the day, you know, you'll be able to get back to it the next week and it'll be all good. So hopefully there won't be any blips on the horizon. Um, I will try to time the contractions to occur when it's conveniently around podcast. Uh, but um, I'm flexible. I don't mind if you do have it while we're recording. Oh, okay. That's very um, <laughs> that generous of you. Oh, generous. Good. That's better. I'm not sure how the sound quality might be with the, um, you know, 
regular screams every few minutes. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that that's an option that you're willing to leave open for us. Good. Make great yeah. radio. Great podcasting. <laughs> I can adjust the volume if you scream. Or you can bleep it out with crickets or something. Maybe it could be like a pig squeal. That would be funny. <laughs> or a goat. Or a goat, you know, a bear. Whatever. Bleat. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, you mean that's what I've got to cover your screams with, not not the noise yeah. you're going to make. Okay. No, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll be able to control the noises that I make. But again, that would make for great radio or podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. Mel's doing impersonations of farm animals and having a baby. <laughs> yeah, the hospital staff won't know whether or not to admit me or commit me. Yeah. Fantastic news, we've got a new adventurer on our way. Lots of people are crazy for alphabet touring lately, so we thought we'd catch up with Shirley Treasure, who's the ED at Quinn's Rocks Park Run. Welcome to the pod, Shirley. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Now, let's first get to the queue part of your park run. Was this strategic from your point? Did you see an opportunity in the uh, market and say, I have to name my park run Quinn's Rocks just for the queue? I live in Quinn's Rocks. I had no idea that alphabet touring was even a thing. So um, it, it actually borders on Mindari. So we run through, we start at Quinn's, we run through Mindari and back through Quinns and finishing Quinns again. So uh, a lot of people are were saying, are you going to call it Quinns Mindari? Like there's a surf club that's Quinns Mindari and a lot of things are Quinns Mindari around the area. And I said, well, you know, I think it's got to be a Quinns because, you know, we live in Quinns. This is our local area. It's Quinns, Rocks, Beach, you know, everything on our side where we've got like the cafes and where, where we hang out and where we do the barcode scanning is Quinn's Rocks. So I just, and to keep it shorter as well, I just said Quinn's Rocks. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, we're the only queue in Australia, which is pretty amazing. And have you had lots of adventurers come by in your first few weeks? We've had a few. We've had a few come and um, some that have done a queue in England or, or other places. So they've already gathered their queue runs, um, but we've had had a few who are now starting it up going, well, look, I've pushed further in, in my alphabet touring and I've got the Australian queue done, which is pretty, pretty cool. We've had a lot of tourists, actually. The numbers have like been really phenomenal because we're on a new park run. We've got seven runs in and um, uh, lots I thought we'd have like, you know, smaller numbers. The numbers seem to be steady every week between, you know, 100, 120. But out of that, there's always 30 to 40 new people running Quinn's Rocks Park Run as a, a tourist. So it's it's got that potential there to be like a really, really, really good traveling one because it's by the beach. It's got beautiful views. And, yeah, I think we've got it all here. And you mentioned before that Quinn's Rocks is a beach, so I'm assuming you're a coastal-based run. Can you explain your course to those of us who haven't been there? 
Okay, so our course starts um, on the foreshore of Quinns Beach and runs south um, with a few out and back hilly areas through Mindari. It's a conservation um, beach area, which is absolutely beautiful because, because of the undulating run by the beach, you get the most beautiful sights of the Indian Ocean with views of Mindari Harbour as you're running to the south and then north to the beautiful uh, Western Australian sandy coastline with rocky outcrops to the north. Oh, it's the most amazing. I live here every day. I run down by the beach and it just blows me away. We live in such a beautiful, beautiful, pristine part of the world. It's gorgeous. And everybody that comes to Quinn's Rocks to do park run, they keep saying, this is the prettiest. This is the prettiest park run. This is the most beautiful park run in WA. I'm sorry to all the other WA park runs, but you know, I think I think we we really have it all up here. Um, so much so that it, um, we had recently a tourist come uh, for a few weeks from South Africa, and he was touring around, wanted to do lots of different park runs in um, in WA, and he did one other, and then Quinns, and then did Quinns four times in a row because he said, "Why, why else would I travel anywhere else?" And this park run has it all for me. It's it's absolutely beautiful. And on a beautiful sunny day, it gets everybody out. They can go for swims afterwards. You know, we hang about on the on the beach. It's so beautiful. In the winter time, which we've only just we're only new, but because we run down there all the time, it's going to be tricky because it's got it's got the wind. It's got you know it'll have nice. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the the little out and back hilly sections will be a bit um, a, a bit of a challenge in the winter time, which which I love. I love winter running, and I think that it'll it'll have a different pers- um, perspective of what what running will bring and the the weather elements <laughs> in the winter time. I think it'll be it'll be for the hardcore runners, but I think all the other park runners will take on the challenge too. Well, speaking of hardcore. You like a bit of ultra running. How does an ultra runner get involved in park run, which is just 5K? It must be a doddle for you. Oh, I, I wish, I wish. Um, my, well, all my family are ultra runners, even including the kids. They like to do their ultra running kids runs, which is normally like, you know, 5 to 10K run for the little kids. So, um, yeah, um, I... Got into running a few years ago, and then because I'm not a fast runner, I think I just liked to take on different adventures. So it ended up being much to go the longer one. Um, so I've done more ultra running than anything else. So, but 5K is that—that's everybody's run. I think that's our universal run. That's why I think uh, Parkrun has taken that on board. It's um, it's it's the it's the distance for everybody. We can incorporate it into our morning run so we can run before, afterwards, or just take it as like a, a slow, steady day, take the legs over day. Uh, yeah, so it, it can work in well to, to training in that with, with our Quinn's Rocks Park run that we've got nice little kind of undulating hills so that you know we can run down from home, do the park run, and run back or, you know, add a few trails in as well later on in the day or do two or three runs in the day and, you know, take it over like that. So it works in with our training as well. So that's, that's pretty cool. 
You say you like to do the adventures. You've travelled around to a few other park runs, Shirley. Can you give us a top three that don't include, obviously, the stunningly beautiful Queen's Rocks? Um, I think I've only done, as I said, I'm only I'm really new to park runs. So I think with our seven runs here and um, getting involved in the event team, I've probably volunteered more than I've run now. <laughs> um, I've done beautiful Korean Glades in WA. I've done Averley and I've done Joondalup, which which is, which was my local one before I set up Quinn's Rocks because um, that was the most northern one. They're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. Joondalup is like flat and fast, out and back. Same with Averley, fast, flat. Um, actually, Corinne Glades goes around um, uh, like a circuit, so it's two-lap course, which is nice. I do like the laps. Um, the more laps, the better for me. I like uh, just repetitions quite good, you know, because it gives you something to kind of concentrate on. Um, but ours is slightly different. Quinn's Rocks, they're, I mean, they're, they're all, all the, the runs that I've done. I haven't done much south of the river. But all the ones north of the river, they're all they're all beautiful. I like the bushy ones so that you get nice shade. We don't have any shade where we are. So, you know, if anybody's coming to us in the summertime, please, please, please bring lots of sun cream. In the wintertime, we're going to have the wind elements. Um, but uh, I think our one's good in that it's slightly different. We've got... A, We've got a more of a, a track with ours. So there's a you know four or five out and back sections. So with lots of turnarounds. You know, it makes it interesting because it, you know, keeps keeps all the um the people who like the hills happy, keeps the people who like to go fast happy, um, keeps the you know, the the walkers happy because it gives a little bit of different element to to their park run on a Saturday morning. Shelley, we were talking off here about some track running. And you mentioned you've only been on the track once, and it was for a 24-hour run. What on, what on earth would inspire you to run on the track for 24 hours? <laughs> I, think, I think running mixed with a lot of crazy. Um, yeah, um, that was the um, – there's a 24-hour track ultra in WA. Um, it started two years ago, so that was the inaugural one I, I participated in. Um, it was my first and only one last year. I really wanted to do it again, but I was out injured. Um, hopefully that it's going to be my next big one again this year. I'm doing a couple of different ultras again this year, but aiming to do my, my run on the track for the second time. That's well, that's my aim is to get to my 24-hour again if the body holds up. So, um yeah, I like I like the long stuff. I'm not a fast runner, so I'm not um I'm not up there with the fasties. I'm always like mid pack. Um, I'm a relatively new runner, so I've only been running for a couple of couple of years, like four years. Um, so for me, running is an adventure, and I've always taken on new different adventures. So when the track ultra came to WA, I was like, yes. I've got to give it a go because before that, my husband was traveling over east to all the ultra events. And, uh, yeah, and I did pretty well. I actually just, you know, went slow and steady as you do in an ultra. It's not fast. It's about 
it's about actually who it's you know the hare and the tortoise it's who, who keeps going at a steady pace and finishes the event and I ended up coming third female. How many kilometers do you have to run in 24 hours on a track to come third female? Okay, so I completed 146 kilometers, which is 146 kilometers. I don't even know. Yeah, that is a lot of laps. That's you have to what. Is it 400 metres around the track or is it? Um... Yeah, it's a 400-metre track. A lot of the 24-hour events are a little bit different. Some are three-kilometre tracks, so like three-kilometre loops. Some are on limestone track. This was actually a 400-metre athletic track. Okay, so multiply the, the amount of Ks by 2.5, I think, if my math is correct. And, yeah, so you, you did run a lot of laps. <laughs> Yeah, no, and you know, a lot of people say, "When do you sleep?" You know, you do, you don't sleep. Well, some people do. I suppose some people take a break. I didn't take a break. I started it in total unknown, going, um, "If I run two, walk one, let's see how far I can get." And I did that for seventeen and a half hours. Wow! And is there a certain amount of coffee that you ingest in this kind of event? Uh, there's a lot of coffee. Yeah, a lot of coffee. There's a coffee machine or a coffee. Um, Actually, we got a lot of crew there because a lot of our friends come and hang out, and they make you coffees, and you drink a lot of coffee. A lot of them. Do you drink it hot? Do you drink hot coffee while you're running? Yeah, yeah. You can take. You can. You can walk. So normally, if I was drinking like a coffee, I'd stop and you know have a coffee at the side of the track or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But you you eat, you step off, you have a snooze. But once you step off the track, you have to step back on where you stepped off. Wow, that's very impressive. Congratulations on doing that one and more power to you for intending to do it again. Are you hoping to, to get longer distance this time? Um, yes, yeah. I, that's the aim. Like with my running events, I've always wanted to do like an adventure. I always think of everything as an adventure that I do. Um, so if I was doing it again, because I, uh, the first time I did it was because it was new, and that was a new adventure. So yeah, I've got to, I've got to try and make it longer. Like last year, I was hoping to get to do my first hundred miler, um, but I didn't quite make it. So wouldn't I, I'd really like to kind of go to do a hundred miler or the twenty-four hour, and I'm like, uh, I could maybe do a hundred miler on the track. That would be pretty cool. I'd like to get to there, um, but I do love my trail running, so I maybe I want to keep that and just do that as an adventure bush race. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely, I I'd go in with the aim of a certain amount. Like that that particular race, I went in with the aim of I want to get to a hundred kilometers, and anything else is a bonus. And I had a 46 bonus case. So that was, that to me was brilliant. And I was really happy with that. Yeah, if I was doing the 100 miler, maybe I'd like to do that in the bush. So there's another couple of WA events coming up this year, a couple of 100, um, 100 milers. We've got such a choice now with all these beautiful events. It's, yeah. So, indeed. Well, Shirley, um, good luck 
with your adventures. We obviously are big fans of adventures and you've started a great one over there with Quinn's Rocks as well as your own personal running adventures. You, I'm not an alphabeteer or an alphabet tourist or whatever they call it, but you had me with your description of your course. So I will be making my way over at some point in the future. Love to see you guys over here. Definitely when you come, come hang out. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. You love it. You love it. Joining us now on the podcast, we have a very avid adventurer. If you're a member of the Parkrun Tourism AU group, you would have seen his posts pop around and his crazy exploits and what it takes to get him to different parkruns all over Australia. His name is Tony Jennings. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Hi, great to be here. So let's start, Tony, with how did you hear about Parkrun in the first instance? About four years ago, I was doing a bit of cross-country running and um, I was also a member of a, um, a group called Cardiac Athletes, which is a uh, support group for people who've had cardiac surgery and cardiac problems. And I met a bloke called Craig Welsh and um, I did a bit of running with him and chatted to him a few times about heart issues and that. And he mentioned to me about um, this thing called Park Run that was happening at Kiwana. So in March 2013, I thought I'd come along to one of the, um, to see what it was about. And um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Tony, you mentioned there you heard about it through cardiac athletes. You've got a special story around um, your heart. Do you want to share that with the audience? Um, Yeah, um, I've always been uh, a fit. Um, active person involved in lots of different sports, mostly sort of surf lifesaving, kayaking, um, triathlons, multi-sports, cycling, and, and running has been sort of a part of all those things. Um, I've never been sort of a standalone runner. Um, and then in my early 40s, I found out that I had a um, quite a serious problem with um, cardiovascular disease. And uh, in at 43 in 2006, I had, I had to double bypass. And um, I found out that um, probably the only thing that had kept me alive for many years up to that was the fact that I was um, into endurance sports and I did a lot of training and I, I grew um, protective um, collateral vessels around the um, damaged uh, arteries and, 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 um, and damaged areas of my heart. So... Um, it sort of it became apparent to me that um, carrying on doing um, active exercise, including running, was um, was important. And not long after I had my surgery, we learned that my oldest child, my son at 21, was became very ill with a, a completely different genetic heart problem. And then a few years later, one of my granddaughters was born with another completely different congenital heart problem and so we spent the last few years um, in the family trying to use exercise as part of our overall um, treatment for the different conditions that we had alongside of medication, surgery and and, and those sorts of things. Park running sort of became quite quite a big part of that. Um, A lot of the other people that 
belong to this web-based support group, Cardiac Athletes. We're also parkrunners in other places like in England, in the United States. And so we all shared our cardiac stories along with our parkrun stories and other activities um, over the time. So, um, yeah, parkrunning became part of my therapy. You've got one option, I guess. I'm thinking you've got one option when you have a heart attack. You could either take a break from exercise, but you're saying you're going the other way. You're saying more exercise um, make the heart stronger. Is that right? Um, I am, to a point. When I had all my tests after I had my surgery and that, it turned out that I'd probably had about 50 heart attacks in my lifetime, but I'd never noticed any of them. So I had quite a bit of damage. Um, and my, However, my condition, from what I've learned over the years, responds well to exercise. So to get... Um, collateral artery growth around the damaged arteries, exercise kind of forces the pressures the, um, in the tissue in order to create new pathways. So doing vigorous exercise is a good thing. However, I also, I've also learned that my son's condition is completely different. Um, strenuous exercise is actually detrimental to his heart condition. So even though he was a park runner in the early stages when I was, his condition has got to a point now where he actually can't go running anymore. He can't even go jogging. He has to find other ways to keep himself active without stressing his heart. So in the world of cardiac problems, there are different types of problems. And, and, and when you're looking at exercise, whether you're using it therapeutically or whether you have to avoid it for therapeutic reasons, there are lots of factors that need to be taken into consideration um, because any mistake can mean death. So although I, for many heart conditions, I advocate that the fitter you are, the stronger you are, the stronger your cardiovascular system is, um, exercise is good, but there are some conditions that becomes problematic and even dangerous. So how do you feel about Parkrun Australia's campaign to get a defib to every Parkrun event in the country? by the end of 2017. It's always been something that's on, been on my mind and it's something that um, I have always thought is a really good idea. And I guess the only thing stopping us was the financial side, the cost of it. Um, but um, I think um, having defibs at, at, at Parkrun is, is absolutely a no-brainer. I think it's very, very important. Um, it bothers me that when I go to Parkruns myself that if I have a cardiac arrest, or a heart attack on a run and there's no defib there that I'm in trouble. And I'm always weighing that up in my mind. It is problematic, but I think that if we can have defibs at every event, that would be absolutely fantastic because the number of people that are doing events, it's pretty plain that we are going to have incidents where they're going to be needed. And um, if we do have defibs, then we're going to be able to save lives. Something else that's also very close to your heart, Tony, last year you created an endurance event on the Sunshine Coast and this year will be the second running of that event but it's undergone a little bit of change. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for many years now I've been involved in um, charities raising money for children's health charities. Even before I knew about my, my granddaughter's heart condition and, and, and my, my own son's condition and that sort of thing, I was involved in um, doing endurance cycle rides uh, for a group called 1200 Kilometres for Kids where we raise money 
so hospital equipment and research and that sort of thing. Then I've always been interested in, in mountain running. And um, so a couple of years ago, I decided that I'd like to invent some sort of unique mountain running challenge that would be not only just a, uh, a challenge for the participants, but also a way to raise money for these hospital charities and children's health charities. So I came up with the, an idea of running some sort of ultra-distance event, but on a short course, whereas most ultra-distance events, you hardly ever see anybody because you're racing over 50 or 100 kilometres and you don't see anybody. The idea I had was to find the hardest, steepest piece of mountain around, just a short section of it, and do many laps of it over either eight hours or four hours. So a couple of years ago, I had a chat with the local national, uh, Queensland National Parks people, and they invited me to use Mount Corora which is where the King of the Mountain is run every year. And so last year we had the first event, the Aurora Endurance Challenge. Um, we had 25 um, participants and it was really, really successful and um, people really loved it and yeah, we had a great day. And so I decided I'd try and make it an annual event. At the time, my family were mostly my support crew, my, my children and their partners and, and some friends and my grandchildren. And um, my youngest grandchild was there on the day um, with his brothers and sisters and they were going up, up and down the mountain as other people were. And um, unfortunately, about three weeks after the event, my youngest grandchild, Hendrix, um, um, died from SIDS in his sleep, which was um, obviously a very traumatic and tragedy for, for our family. As we were coming to terms with that, we wanted to do something in his memory, to keep his memory alive and to keep his spirit alive. And given that the, uh, the event was all about endurance, about overcoming hardship and about raising money for children's health and for research into children's illnesses and health, I thought I would rename the event and make it a memorial event to my grandson Hendrix. So this year, the event is actually called the Hendrix Mount Corora Endurance Challenge. And the entries opened a couple of weeks ago and they're already starting to fill. The event's on on September the 17th. And uh, the idea is we want to try and make this event um, an iconic event that people from far and wide, hopefully internationally, will come to and challenge themselves over four hours or eight hours up and down this very, very steep, tough bit of mountain. Um, and hopefully, eventually, it'll just become the Hendrix. People will hear that the name of it and know where it is and what it's all about. That's a wonderful thing you're doing. I've got a lot of respect for people who do stuff. A lot of people have ideas and think about stuff, but you're doing stuff by putting on the Hendrix. So good luck with that. I hope that it does become big and successful and um, it's on my radar. I'm going to look it up. So, And thanks sure. for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us this week. going to catch up with the boss again but not we're not going to ask him questions this time we're just going to get him on to have a chat about the defibs for parkrun campaign our very first crowdfunding fundraising campaign to help all our events get defibs why are we doing this tim yeah thanks scott thanks for having me on to talk about this because it's a really important topic and this has never been done anywhere in the parkrun world so not just australia but nowhere in in the, in the parkrun world or parkrun universe has 
has a country ever taken a, a single issue and uh, identified a single issue and said we're going to raise some funds to to fix that? So I guess this is something that has been building over a number of years. We've had uh, tragic, tragically, we've had a couple of deaths at Parkrun in Australia due to um, heart-related conditions, uh, and we've had a number of others overseas as well. And so globally, we've we've spoken of the importance of Parkrun events having access to DFibs. Uh, and I just thought it was time that we made this a priority in Australia, uh, so much so that we've made it our goal that by the end of this year, every event in the country will have access to a DFib. Uh, and it's important that, too to, that, that I guess people understand that access doesn't mean we all every event has to buy one, uh, because if we have a parkrun event that's situated um, next to a gym that has a DFib or next to a surf lifesaving club that has an accessible DFib, then that's fine uh, because DFibs should be community assets. They should be available to everyone to use if they're, if they're required. So we've made it our goal that every event in Australia will have access to a DFib. In many cases, this means we will uh, purchase a DFib for that event, uh, and that is why we are raising funds through the Australian Sports Foundation. Uh, it's been a, a great success so far. It's still early days, but we've raised, uh, for example, in the last seven days, we've raised $25,000. Um, overall, we've raised over $100,000 at this point. Our, our goal is around about 400000 which is, as everyone knows, we've got 206-odd events around the country. Um, a DFib costs $1,900, uh, so we're looking to raise around about 400000 so that um, our, our existing events and, of course, we're launching a new event every week, so we want to make sure those events have got DFibs as well. So other park runs around the world, in the UK, South Africa, haven't gone down this road. How come we're doing it in Australia? Look, I think it's just we're the right size to be able to do it. I think if you look at park run in the UK, where they're over double our size, to have a goal to say every event is going to have a DFib, it's a much larger project to be undertaken. Um, and... I guess we've, we're trying to do this all in one bang. You know, we have this one campaign, let's work on it for six months, and hopefully at the end of that six months, every event's got a DFib. Whereas in the UK, they've been chipping away for a number of years uh, to ensure that uh, a high percentage of events have DFib. So, so we were starting, I guess, on a low baseline, a low number of events that had access. In the UK, there's already a high number of events that do. So as, so as such... They, they haven't had the need to have a, a single large campaign around DFibs the way that we are doing now. To be uh, In South Africa, to be honest, I'm not sure what the lay of the land is with, with DFibs. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, we've identified it as, as a priority here, and so we're really going for it. And is this going to remove the free element to parkrun? We promote it as a free we weekly timed 5K run. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it is, and it always will be. And, you know, no parkrunner should feel obliged to donate to this campaign. You, you don't have to donate to the campaign to, to, to parkrun. Um, however, of course, we'd, we'd like to think that be, because we do offer this free event uh, week in, week out, that, um, you know, some people will think that, that, you know, there's value in it for them to, to contribute to our DFib campaign. Uh, because I guess you don't know who who it's going to be that the defibs will end up saving. It could it could be anyone. You know, heart attack. He doesn't discriminate necessarily. Uh, so we we've seen everyone from uh, teen. I think we had it. We've had a teenage a teenage girl uh, have have heart issues at Parkrun right the way through to elder gentlemen uh, elderly gentlemen. So um, it's the sort of 
I guess campaign that we think can touch touch everyone. And you know, the ideal the ideal scenario with defibrillators is you never get, you never have to use them. But reality is that we know we will. And in fact, just on the Saturday just gone, we had a, a minor heart attack at one of our park runs in Western Australia. Um, now we pleased to say that the, you know it's been a good outcome and the, and the, the person involved is, is doing well. Um, but uh, as we get bigger and bigger and we have more people participating, there is going to be more need for this. And everything's tax deductible. Correct. This is all legit. That's this right. Proper donation. Yes, <laughs> that's it. So we've partnered with the Australian Sports Foundation, uh, and also with uh, a company called Physio Control, who are the manufacturers of the defibs that we are purchasing. Uh, and one of their Australian distributors is Guy Leach, who's a, many people would know is a famous Ironman. Uh, and, and we're also working with our official first aid supplier, First Aid Accident and, Emer- and Emergency, based on the Gold Coast. So it's a, we're all working together to try and achieve this uh, one goal. Uh, and because of our partnership with the Australian Sports Foundation, it means that all donations are tax deductible. So as we're heading in towards June 30, which isn't that far off, um, it, you know, it's something that uh, people can, can use to, um, I guess, bring their taxable income down is through donating to Parkrun in this campaign. Okay, one final one. Just say I'm not that good with computers. I'm not that tech savvy. Can I just give some cash to my run director on the weekend and say, here you go, here's some money for your defib? Oh, trick question, Scott Trigger. Uh, well, as, as, as you know, we have a no, a no cash handling policy at Parkrun. Uh, and so what we don't want is people turning up with wads of cash and giving them to any of our volunteers. I would say if you are someone who has issues with computers, that please... Um, Speak to a friend or a family member who can assist you to make your donation online. We want to keep everything done in, in, in a streamlined manner and, and online. Well, luckily I am good with computers, so I had no problems donating. Very good. Very Thank, good. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Thanks for having me, guys. All the best. Always great to hear from Tim, and what a fabulous idea getting defibs out to all our events. We're all big fans. And how good is that? Scotty, you got to catch up with your new boss during a work day when some of us were earning our livings elsewhere. Well, some of us were on the windy beach and couldn't join the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, when you've got to pick a place to be, a windy beach is not so bad. Yeah. Well, it is if you want to record a podcast interview. This is true. Yeah. I'll be in there for the next one, hopefully. I'll tell you what, I'm pretty certain there are no beaches windy or otherwise, down at Newborough, where we're launching a new park run this weekend. Okay, well, I'm glad you've said that because I have no idea geographically where Newborough is, so I'm assuming inland, Victoria. It is. It's near Moi, if I'm right. And I think I am this time. So, well done, Newborough. And we've got some anniversaries coming up too, if people want cake or donuts. Or I think the latest craze is uh, an ice block of a brand name specific type. That shall not be mentioned because they refuse to sponsor us. (laughs) So if you're looking for any of the sweet things to have after your run, you could head to Panania in New South Wales who are celebrating their first anniversary. That's a bit exciting. Who else is turning one this weekend, Scotty? Studley. Attorney One. Remember that old event? Not four-year-old Studley, as the newsletter has been telling us. (laughs) One-year-old Studley. 
It's been 12 months. Can you months. believe it's already been 12 months? Yeah, I can. I've lived it <laughs> and I'm looking forward to celebrating it on Saturday. As are the people of Tuggeranong who are celebrating their fourth anniversary. They have been around for four years. And anniversaries are far and few between in the ACT who haven't got as many events as a lot of other states or territories. So I'm sure it will get a very big crowd. The dad jokes have been going going off. Lots of great feedback. Everybody loves your terrible jokes. Not quite. Is that what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) But there's been lots of great feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think many people got the joke last week. Particularly when I had to explain it to a few people, that was the giveaway that they didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it's one of those ones that's a little bit um, dated. Like, if you don't know what Velcro is. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I've got a joke about paper this week. Everyone knows what paper is, yeah? Well, you can only assume. But go on, Ah, give it to us. Never mind, it's terrible. Was that it? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It gets worse. Maybe it's in the delivery. You've, you've, you... I don't know how, but you managed to reach new heights each week <laughs> with the atrocity I might start of the level of these jokes. <laughs> we have had some people send in some dad jokes. We love receiving those and encourage it. So please, if you've got some that you think can outdo Scotty's, um, please send them in. Yeah. Because I think he needs some help. <laughs> Well, if the dad jokes don't do it for us, have you got a book recommendation for us, Mel? I'll tell you what, because in my new job, see, one of the things I've done for the past few years, and I'm sure we all do it, is we make the excuse for an alarm clock. We turn our mobile phones into an alarm clock. Do you do this? No, I actually have a dedicated travel alarm clock. So it's not even a clock radio. All it does is tell me the time. And beeps at whatever time I set it to. Right. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I have been using my phone. Bad idea. Yeah. Well, the trap is that with the phone is that you check it before you go to bed and it's replaced a book for me. So, in the new job where there's not the pressure to get up at five o'clock in the morning, I've put the phone in the lounge room. Nice. Yeah. But it's left me bored to death or trying to fall asleep. At night. Okay. So I've replaced so it with a book. I literature. need a book. Yes. So give me a recommendation. Excellent. Got one? Um, running or otherwise? We are the Park Run Podcast. I do like a run. <laughs> so I'm up for I'm up for running okay. recommendation books or books about running. So my favorite running book of all time that I have read personally so far is uh, Christopher McDougall's Born to Run. I have that. You have that. You've read it? I haven't read it. I brought it a well, while ago. Now you can never... put it on your nightstand. Yes, I will. Pick it up and actually Born to look run. at the words inside. Born to run. Very, okay. very um, worthy read. Okay. But that good. brings like... I'll read that this I, week. <laughs> I like that you've brought that up reader. because you're, <laughs> you're a very good reader. You'll have it done. You'll have a review for us next week. Okay, excellent. But that that's that's a really good point. I 
I love getting recommendations for books because I don't have a lot of time to read. So I certainly don't want to waste my time on something that's just a bit trash. So if any of our Parkrun adventurers have any recommendations or, or actual reviews, send us your reviews and we'll start reviewing one book a week and um, in the outro and then not like a huge long review, just a couple of sentences about what you thought was good. It can be running related or otherwise. We may have to pick and choose what we share with everyone, depending on if you're some of those people who like to read those books about all the types of grey or whatever it is. Um, I don't think we'll go there. However, no, probably not. Send us in all your different interests. It would be wonderful to see what adventurers get up to in the literary world. And it doesn't just have to be written word. Audiobooks are completely awesome as well, especially because you can listen to them while you're running, which makes them doubly beneficial. Great. So we want some recommendations. And if we don't get book recommendations, more jokes. I'm working on this one about construction. Do you want to hear about it? Oh... You're working, working on one about construction. Yeah, don't worry, I'm still working on it. So I have it next <laughs> week. So if you, want, you either have book recommendations or more of that. That's us yes. three. People, please, books, 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 books. Uh, good pod this week, Mel. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me. That's I introduced you this week, Scotty. Okay. <laughs> My turn next week. And I'll yes. reuse this outro next week. Good plan. Yep. Save some time. Look forward to it.